Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Thank you for downloading episode 302. This week, we have the FBI looking at bank transactions, mainstream media interfering in the Hawkeye Cockeye, Vivek's exit, Polls not looking great for Trump. Never Nikki. The upcoming primaries. Imperfect Fanny. The AJC is just trash. Fake news you can trust. Missing seals. And yet another way to end up in jail in Vegas. I'm Dave Roberts. With me my part of this endeavor, Ken Pullen. <laughs> hey, Dave. My, my son always says he loves how you lead with all the introductions. And that was a good one this week. Imperfect Fanny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's one Fanny I don't want to see. Yes, Luke will get a good kick out of this start. So you have a, you wrote the title. Is, Vivek is right. Uh, abolish the FBI. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but Vivek, about a month ago or so, came out and said one of his things he would do is abolish the FBI. And this week we found out that after January 6th, the FBI was a uh, FinCEN, which is the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network of the United States Department of Treasury, was asking banks to query their databases for keywords. Like Dick's Sporting Goods? Yep, Cabela's, Bass Pro Shops. They were also asking them uh, to find any transactions that people made between January 5th and January 7th on their debit cards. And so they were. They basically said, Mr. Bain, we want you to give us all the transactions for people that went to Washington, D.C. during this particular time period, January 5th, January 7th. And then we also want you to look and see if they search for things like Dick's Sporting Goods or you know, see if they actually had transactions at Dick's Sporting Goods, Cabela's, Bass Pro Shops. Does Dick's even sell guns anymore? No, they don't. Now, I haven't, I haven't been to a Dick's since they, since they pulled what they pulled. Uh, no, I don't think I have either. What was it, 10 years ago? Yeah, more than it's 10 been years a while. Ago. Yep. And what they did is they had a bunch of ARs that were paid for, customers paid for them up front, and they, and they came in on order, and they just refunded. When, and then when, I can't remember whether Sandy Hook, I can't remember which, which thing popped off. The value, the, the price of ARs shot through the roof, so to speak. Yep. So you get all these people who bought $500,000 guns, and now – and. And now, it you know, they, it's it's worth double that. So they canceled the orders, refunded people's money, said they're they're high roading, yep, and uh, uh, ended up selling them in their field and stream stores, which is the same company. Yep. So I I, I wouldn't think that that Dick's Sporting Goods is a a, a friend is, to conservatives. Well, <laughs> it's, it's also not <laughs> a friend of freedom, uh, the Constitution. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I thought our Constitution protected us against. Uh, searches uh, like this without warrants, which is the key to this, is the government did not have a warrant when they went into these banks and just said, give me all the information on people that traveled to Washington, D.C. between these two days and also bought stuff at particular sporting goods stores. Yeah, I mean, look, Bass Pro Shop is probably not the best place to buy a gun uh, price-wise. But yeah, they 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 still they still sell guns and and of course Cabela's is, is now the same company. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm just surprised the banks gave in. I mean, obviously the banks just bent over and said, Mr. FBI, whatever you need, we'll give it to you without any uh, legal process or due process. Uh, and it's the same thing with the government spying on listening on phone calls and everything. They're just casting this big, huge net over U.S. citizens. That's a violation of the Constitution. And then requesting all this data uh, without any cause. Well, investigation is supposed to start with a crime. Yes, right. And then you, then you, you put together evidence. There was, there was no crime. They were just casting a, they wanted, they wanted a, a, a Nixon-esque enemies list. Yep, that's what it is. Yeah, and it's 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 embarrassing that the FBI has decided that they they want to turn into the, the KGB, yep. or the Gestapo. Uh, <clears throat> and I don't know if you saw last week where all the Palestinian protesters were outside the White House and actually breached the White House fence and rushed inside. I don't know if you've, I haven't heard of any of those people being arrested yet and thrown into jail for the next 24 months. Uh, but can you imagine if that would have been a group of people with red MAGA hats on that breached the uh, fences of the White House? I mean, it would be nonstop news at this point. Ah, January 6th is such a sham. The The doors were unlocked. They were, how the security guards were showing them around. Now, Old dude that, that stole a podium, yeah. So that's <laughs> that's that's you know stealing uh, federal property, <laughs> right? But you know the the uh, shaman or whatever he is, the guy in the in the buffalo hat. Uh, I don't I don't think he did anything. I mean, he's, he was he's he's an odd duck for sure. He'd be running around shirtless in in January in D.C. Right. But you know, it's none, none of these people are dangerous now. Now they all have. A lot of them have a, a federal record. Yep. That's one thing. That's one thing that uh, every every candidate on the Republican side should say is that they'll immediately pardon everybody who is who was uh, convicted on on trumped up charges on January sixth. Yeah, I mean Trump had a Trump could have pardoned them all before he left office, and he didn't. So we'll we'll see if anybody else. We'll see if Trump actually does that when he goes back in. Well, they hadn't been charged yet. No, I'm just yeah, but there's ways. I, th- I mean, I've read that there's ways that he could have done a preemptive pardon of people. I, I don't know if that's right or not. I haven't studied that as much, but it would be interesting to see. Let's just say he goes back in. Will his first action be to pardon all those people? That would be that would be interesting. Yeah, because because it, it also takes away their right to vote. Hmm. So when you t- you take you take all those people and. You know, if, if they get a one-year suspended sentence, it's still a felony, and you, you still you still you lose your right to vote. All right, and your right to own a gun, for that matter. So the Hawkeye Cockeye. <laughs> yeah, it was called before people even got a chance to vote. I don't know if you saw this, but this was a big like Nikki Haley's campaign and Ron DeSantis' campaign really pitched a fit about this, and I, I don't blame them. Uh, you know, the AP and other major media outlets called the Iowa caucus for Donald Trump before a lot of people had even cast a ballot, uh, which to me seems like something that should never happen. It's election interference. Oh, totally election interference. Yeah, I mean, they wanted Trump to win. They called it. And then, I mean, they said a lot of people either, and it had two effects here, right? People didn't go to vote. In the caucus, so he didn't caucus because they 
that they'd already called it for Trump, or people changed their vote to Trump because they wanted to be on the side of a winner. Uh, so it really had two effects by calling this early. Well, they locked the doors at seven, right? Yep. So you, <clears throat> you get in wherever, wherever the caucus area is, you close close the doors, and then the candidate or, or surrogates get a chance to make their case. Yeah, but the, the, this was called 31 minutes before the caucus began at 7 p.m. So you're talking about 629, the major media outlets, Fox News included, had already called it for Donald Trump before they even locked the doors. So, I mean, you can imagine if you're there, they already called the election. A lot of people probably just said, okay, well, it's, it's done. Why do I need to go in and, you know, caucus potentially for one of the other candidates? Yeah, it was two degrees outside or something. Yeah, when, oh, it was so cold. Yes. So, yeah, if, and, and I know I heard uh, they say Iowans are are, uh, are are hardy, and they are. They're hardy people. I mean, I, I, I oh, you got to be last, to live in. Yeah, you got to be. <laughs> yeah, I would last exactly one winter. Yep. So yeah, I, and a caucus, a, I was going to say, a caucus format is really cool the way they do it. So, you know, standard election, we just go vote, go into the voting booth and vote. At a caucus, you get in the room. They lock the doors at seven, and then each candidate has the ability to speak or a surrogate for their campaign can speak to the crowd. And then after the speeches are done, they literally say, "Okay, if you support Donald Trump, go to this side of the auditorium or gymnasium. You support Ron DeSantis, go to this side. And then they group people together into different groups, and that's how they cast their ballot. So it's you know, it's really cool the way they do it. And not, I don't know if this calling election mattered. Trump still won 51% of the vote. DeSantis, 21%. Haley, 19 But it, it could have impacted some people because, like you, everybody wants to be on a winner's side, right? People want to gravitate towards winners. Well, winning begets winning. Yes, exactly. Hear that, Falcons? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <it's> a, <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> So Vivek Ramaswamy is out of the race and uh, has endorsed Trump. Yeah, I don't know if this was a surprise or not, um, but he did. As soon as he, uh, since he didn't finish well in Iowa, he dropped out. He gave an endorsement speech for President Trump, and then I saw that he's out campaigning with Trump pretty actively at the moment. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I like the hell out of Ramaswamy. <clears throat> uh, I think I, I like his humor. Because, <laughs> yeah, I do too. Yeah, he, he, he takes will, stuff in stride. Yeah, yeah, he will take. Plus, he, he'll he will go on any show. He will talk uh, to anybody, any, any network. Uh, he'll, he'll debate all comers, and I, I think that's for, from 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 being principled. Is is he doesn't stick his finger in the air, see which way the wind's blowing. Is is he has his principles, and so. When you have that in a debate, you don't have to – sort of like if, if you don't lie, you don't have to remember your lies. Right. If, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're out front and bombastic and, and, uh, uh, and have, your, have your values, it, the deba- it, it, you're going you're gonna to win any, any debate because there's no – now, I, I did think he got a, a, a little – a little tough on on, uh, on Haley in the debates. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could have toned his demeanor down. I think some of the debates he came out too strong. I think in certain ones. But I like. I mean, Vivek. It's like you said. He'll talk to anybody. He'll go in front of anybody. 
And then he does seem to believe in what he speaks about. And yeah, he's he's debated abortion with people. He's debated trans rights with. I mean, he, he debates anything, and he always comes up with an answer that's really, to me, just common sense. And the way, I mean, he convinces people to his side. I guess the question is, I mean, just where do you see him if President Trump wins and beats Joe Biden? Do you, where would you see Vivek in Trump's administration? I don't know. I don't think he. I don't think he's he's vice presidential material right now. Not not that he not that he won't be, at some point. I think you may see a Tim Scott who who endorsed uh, Trump on on Friday. You may see him uh, as a as a running running mate. <clears throat> I don't. They're still like, talking about Trump going outside of the political arena. I, Tucker, I mean, I, I think this would be crazy too, but Tucker's still being vetted for a VP slot. I, I don't think Trump would do that, but I saw a big article this week, you know, about Trump and Tucker. But yeah, I think Vivek, I think I, I think it makes sense for Tim Scott to be a VP, uh, the VP candidate. Uh, Vivek, maybe Secretary of Commerce or Treasury Secretary, something like that. Oh, I'd like to see him be in charge of the, of the EPA. Or the FBI. Maybe the FBI is what yeah, we get. The DOJ, since he wanted, yeah. Yeah, DOJ, since he wanted to get rid of it. <laughs> well, Trump did do that to the, to the EPA. He's appointed somebody. I can't remember what her name what her name is, but appointed somebody who uh, opposed the EPA regulations. Yep. Good, good. So did you see the Babylon Bee article this week after Vivek dropped out? Uh, I don't. There was a lot of uh, debate on whether or not they went over the line. Yeah, that – Saying that he's uh, he was going to run the Seven Eleven at the White House. <laughs> yeah, so the Bella B is a satir- satirical website, and they published a parody article this week that said, "Yeah, Vivek was going to be offered a position to run the Donald Trump's White House Seven Eleven." Look, I I think we've gotten so look, everybody's offended by everything nowadays. But yeah, there was a lot of talk on both sides whether or not they crossed the line or not on this. They're a satire website, <laughs> right? Exactly. They actually, they actually have you're supposed a, to laugh. Yeah, they actually have a partner site that's is called Not the Bee. Yeah, Not the Bee. They actually have real news on it. Yeah, but they, but they don't they don't commingle the stories. Yeah, I thought Vivek took this in stride. He actually kind of made fun of himself after. This article came out. He said, oh, yeah, I would definitely accept that. And he kind of, yeah, self-deprecating humor. I thought he took it well. There were conservatives mad about it. There was also liberals mad. I mean, it's kind of riled up people across the political spectrum when this article came out. It's it's humor. It is. I mean, it's, and look, Joe Biden was not being humorous when he said he, what was it, I forget how many years ago, when he said you couldn't walk into a 7-Eleven and uh, not hear an Indian accent. I think that's, I'm kind of paraphrasing what he yeah, said. Yeah, it was 7-Eleven or Dunkin' Donuts or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, without having a slight Indian accent. Yep. And he was being serious at that point. He wasn't trying to make a joke. He was being Joe Biden, right? Just saying stuff off the cuff that, no, it was racist in that regard. Well, Joe has said stupid things for years. And, <laughs> right, and people people let it slide, and I, I don't I don't understand if 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 something if something is is offensive or or anything else, you, it it doesn't matter which side of the of the political spectrum they're on. 
Yep. So I, I had had Donald Trump said that. Oh my God, the liberals would come out of uh, uh, come out of the woodwork to 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 burn him in effigy. Yep. Exactly. So we have a poll came out that's showing Trump losing to Biden. Yeah, I mean, do you believe these polls anymore? I mean, we're going to talk about AJC poll in a few minutes, but I t- like I think the Democrats think that Trump is the best candidate to go up against them in November, and Democrats run most media organizations. So I think I, I look this. I don't think this is something I'm thinking about. Out that's crazy. I think most polls so far have been slanted Donald Trump against Joe Biden. So they've wanted conservatives to think and Republicans to think Donald Trump has a chance of beating Biden. Well, he's a presumptive nominee now and polls are coming out saying he's down to Biden. So I guess my question is, did they inflate poll numbers to make Trump seem stronger against Biden? And now he's the nominee, basically. And we... And, and he's actually behind, which I think what a lot of us think is he's going to have a really tough time beating Joe Biden in November. The presumptive nominee. Look, he, he's he been through one caucus this cycle. One. Uh, he's a nominee, though. Yeah. I, mean, but, um, <laughs> I, I, I think. I think well, he gets the Super Tuesday. He's, yeah, he's the nominee. Yeah, I, I think Haley and, and – uh, 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 DeSantis are, are wasting people's time and money. Yep. You know, the biggest thing about this poll, I thought, that was interesting is Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, so Trump had 34, or Biden had 34%. Trump had 33%. Robert Kennedy had 17%. I mean, do you think he's going to be the independent spoiler this time around that actually pulls 10 to 15% of the American vote? I mean, is that possible that an independent gets... Ten to fifteen percent. He's he's working it. I, I get I get at least a text a week from Team Kennedy. Yeah, I haven't gotten those yet. So somebody hasn't put my phone number on the on the list. And I've I, yeah. I have repeatedly asked them to take me off the list. <laughs> stop, like over and over. Stop. Yeah, I just think this is so interesting. And if and if let's just say if Kennedy gets fifteen percent, where's that support leading from? Is it coming from? Trump or is it coming from Biden? I've read articles that when you go to Kennedy rallies, there's a lot of Republicans there versus Democrats, but I don't know where most of his support's coming from, what side of the aisle. You know, the I don't I I don't know. Uh that's the third parties are always are always strange. Um I don't even know if he's gonna, if he's gonna get on the ballot in all fifty states. Yeah, I don't know either. I'd have to look that up and see. Yeah, the, the the ballot access laws vary from state to state. Um, he's not a, he's not running libertarian. He's he's a he's a classical liberal. Yes, right. Yeah, he is classical liberal with some with some skepticism uh, in the middle, <laughs> with a little bit of vaccine skeptic in in there. And I got a, I got a text, and it was it was on uh, MLK Day. As I talked about the the iconic relationship between the Kennedys and the King family, I'm like, are you kidding me? Kennedy's DOJ had uh, uh, MLK's phone tapped. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, J. Edgar Hoover was not a fan, and that's that's how we know about you know all the extramarital affairs and all that stuff. 
But but I, I responded to him. I said, I said, obviously you're not a student of history. The Kennedy family did not have a good relationship with, with Martin Luther King. Yep. So more election stuff. Uh, Rand Paul starts <laughs> hashtag never Nikki. Yeah, he came out with a big announcement last week. He said he was going to uh, – it was a big campaign announcement, right? Everybody thought he was going to endorse somebody. But he actually came out and created a new website uh, that's never Nikki. I think dot I first I don't think it's dot com, but he said based on her record and campaign, I don't see how any thoughtful or informed libertarian or conservative should vote for Nikki Haley. Um, yeah, so he went hard against Nikki Haley. Yeah, I mean the Vivex quote calling her uh, uh, Dick Cheney. You can put lipstick on Dick Cheney. It's still a fascist uh, neocon. I, I don't think, would she, I don't know if she would say she wasn't a fascist neocon at this point. Uh, I don't know. I'm hugely against a Nikki Haley. We talked about this on the show before, but she said a couple of weeks ago, she wanted everyone to verify their identity on social media. So there's be some kind of identification process and no more, uh, you know, anonymous, basically, media out there. I I think she walked that back at this point, but she is stepping into it. And she's also, you know, I was reading an article on her. And look, I can't blame people for making money, but since she left uh, being the Secretary of State up under Donald Trump, she's made millions of dollars, you know, with the industrial complex. And, and she's the, one of these ladies that wants to just, she's a politician, I, unless lady ain't got nothing to do with it. But she's always talking about our foreign involvement in these wars. Uh, she's definitely a neocon, hardcore. Yeah, I mean, it's is it is it wrong to 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 say, hey, listen, we need to need to protect ourselves. You know, getting getting sending billions upon billions over propping up propping up other countries. That's it, it's insane. Oh, it's, totally. a, it's, it's absolutely insane. But yes, and, uh, Haley would have us was have us in a in a shooting war in a heartbeat. Not that we're not in a shooting war now with the Houthis or however you pronounce the Houthis or whatever, who, who are a uh, military uh, proxy for Iran. I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that and that piece of water that the, that they're that they're operating in is is very important. Yeah, that's some crazy stuff going on now. It seems like Iran's funneling weapons through the Houthis, right? Or funneling weapons to them. It's turning into, I mean, we're constantly, and we'll talk about it later, but we're constantly in uh, escalation mode over there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's not good. Because, you know, the, the Saudis were, were fighting the Houthis and, and when we had them declared a, a terrorist uh, organization, and 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 when when Joe Biden took him off the terrorist list, uh, it kind of kind of destroyed you know that that the offensive that this this House of Saud was was pulling off on him, and and now here we are, and uh, now, now they're yep. back on the list. Yep, yep, yeah. There's a lot going on in the Middle East at the moment. Well, just just a reminder: uh, New Hampshire is. Uh, Tuesday, as the show drops, the twenty third, yep. 
uh, they actually have a state law that they, they'll be the first. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't like January primaries. I don't either. I think it's way too soon. Uh, South Carolina on February 24th. Yep. Nevada is uh, February 8th. Michigan is February 27th. And Super Tuesday is March 5th. Yes, it's over by March 5th. I mean, we'll have a presidential nominee by then. I know not officially until we have the, uh, wherever the, wherever the whatchamacallit is. I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, wherever other Republicans get together and have their, uh, have their meeting have their delic- to, their yeah, to officially. Yep. That'll be sometime later this year. But yeah, it looks like, so New Hampshire next week, I think is a toss up between Nikki Haley and President Trump. So I think that one could be a toss-up, but I, I think then when we move back down south for South Carolina, Nevada, and Michigan, I think Donald Trump's going to be uh, strong in all of those states. I can't imagine DeSantis staying in much longer if he doesn't have a good showing in South Carolina. And then Super Tuesday, you would have to think, would be uh, right up Donald Trump's alley. So I think after March 5th, the Republican primary is settled at that point. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. I mean... That's why it's called Super Tuesday. And and then in May we have we have the other primaries. Yeah, I, just hate, right. I just hate that the state has to pay for this. <laughs> it's all, all these states are in a rush to to be to be uh, to be important. They would. They yeah, would, we were. They, yeah, they we were talking about that. Yeah, we were talking about this. So we've got a presidential primary in Georgia on March fifth, but then we have primaries for all the state house, state senate, and congressional races in the middle of May. So it's taxpayers in Georgia have to pay for a March 5th primary, and then you have to turn right around and pay for a May primary for all the other races. And then there'll be runoffs potentially for those races. So we're going to have three elections, March 5th, middle of May for the primaries, and then early June for any runoffs. Uh, and, and Look, it's costly, for, especially for the rural counties. Even the county where I live in, trying to staff uh, all the different precincts and staffing uh, early voting is is very expensive. There will be exactly one race on our ticket on March 5th. Mm-hmm. Yep. At this point, I'm, I'm, I'm considering going in uh, – Getting my my little my little scan card <laughs> and leave and, it blank and leave it blank and and, <laughs> and, and be I, done with it. I would think Trump it wins Georgia probably eighty percent by that point because I think he's presumed nominee. I, I think he's presumed nominee now, but I would think eh, I don't know. I think DeSantis might show decent in Georgia, but I don't think Haley will show well. And I think I think Trump will somewhere between that sixty and seventy percent mark probably. Yeah, there's 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 a a lot a lot of MAGA folks in Georgia. Mm-hmm. There are, yep. Yeah, I mean, there's there's you, you drive through uh, more rural areas and you see the Trump Trump one flags up and and all that stuff. Yep. I've never I've never seen a a, a political candidate with with that sort of diehard fandom. Is what it is. He does. And I mean, you know, if you look back after the last election, I mean, I think a lot of people would say Trump is why we have uh, Pajama Boy, John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock in in Congress right now up in Washington, because, uh, you know, everybody thought the election was stolen back in uh, 2020. Right. So they didn't turn out. Nobody turned out to vote for Kelly Leffler. 
because Trump was telling people not to, you know, even Marjorie Taylor Greene was telling people elections rigged, don't vote, don't vote. And people didn't turn out to vote for Kelly Leffler. So we got pajama boy, John Ossoff. And then two years later, we have Herschel Walker run, who is probably the worst Republican candidate to ever run because he was Trump's candidate. And he got easily defeated because he was a terrible candidate. So, And that just goes to show the power that Trump still has in Georgia. Yeah, I mean, his his credits don't transfer. Right. And, and I've said multiple times on the show that he had very, very thin coattails. Yep. And and most people, you know, former presidents will go and throw in behind a candidate and get, get their base charged up. Uh, you know, we had consecutive, two consecutive horrible Senate candidates. Mm-hmm. One was installed by by uh, Governor Kemp, by Kemp, and and the other was was anointed by Trump, and they they both lost. Yeah, handily too. And this is uh, this is at the same time Governor Kemp was beating Stacey Abrams by I think nine or ten points. So Georgia behind Governor Kemp, he wins by nine or ten points, but then Herschel Walker loses by five points. You're talking about a fifteen percent swing between the governor of Georgia and a terrible. Candidate Herschel Walker. Yeah, he's he just he he. One of the best commercials I saw, I think, was was well, I guess Warnock was running it. One of the best commercials I saw was a guy had a had a poster up on the wall of Herschel Walker. So because I want to keep him on, I want to keep him up on my wall and out of Washington. <laughs> Warnock had some really good ads. This, this, yeah, the he last did. Cycle. I mean, he no, he had his marketing team or his ad his. Uh, his team that does that it was really, really good at the ads. But you're right. That's what people – and, it's, again, it's just a bad candidate. I mean, any of those other Senate candidates, Gary Black, we had uh, Latham Sadler down, you know, former uh, Navy SEAL, any of those candidates would have beat. Uh, they would have beat them, but they couldn't because we had Herschel Walker. And you couldn't tell – I couldn't tell my friends that Herschel Walker – I mean, I knew Herschel Walker was going to lose – if you try to tell people that, they just they got angry with you because he was Trump's pick. Because they're fans. Yep. So Fanny says black women can't be perfect. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know if she was gonna yeah, we didn't know if she was gonna say anything. Do you remember when this happened? It came out on a Monday or Tuesday, and she was real silent for all week until she went to church on Sunday. Uh, I don't, I don't know what's wrong in her brain, but something, something in there is broken. If if you're being investigated, the best thing you could do is shut up. And she's an attorney; she should know that. But it almost sounds like she's admitting it, saying, you know, it's but saying the accusations are are uh, sexist and racist. Yep. I so. No, 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 nobody's perfect. Yeah, and her quote I mean, was in front of the church, which is at Big Bethel AME Church in Atlanta. She said, quote, you cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. We need to be allowed to stumble. <laughs> I mean, nobody expects anybody to be perfect, right? Did, did, she, did she stumble into bed with the guy? Yeah, but we, what we don't expect you to do is hire the guy you're having an affair with Pay him seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for legal fees, 
let him take you all over the country on vacations and then blame it on and then blame all that bad behavior on not being perfect. That's what she said. Yeah. I did all that stuff, but you can't expect me to be perfect. So by the way, I'm just, yeah, I'll just go do all that stuff. Old dude's divorce isn't even done yet. I mean, yep. it's, <clears throat> I guess I guess he filed for divorce the day before uh, before getting the the special prosecutor job. And look, it's, the the best thing for Trump might be to have have an attorney that has no experience, right? But look, it's, affairs happen. That's that's. I, but I don't call that a stumble, right? You know that that's, that that was a that was a willful choice on both their parts. Yep. And, and I know uh, his his soon to be ex wife wants to wants to drag her into court and ha- and have her testify as 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 to the nature of their affair. Yep. And when when you're flying over, you know, the Western Hemisphere on vacations, and it, the, the the impropriety it, it it's it's prima facie it speaks for itself. Yep, I agree. And for people just to just to just to turn a turn a blind eye to it, and uh, you know that that's a hundred percent political. Is they they is they they want to keep the Democrat in. Yep, exactly. And she's gonna she's gonna. I think the I think the case will probably get a change of venue. At, at this point. And Fulton County would be out seven hundred thousand dollars. Just good God! I know, and it's going to start the process over again, totally over. Yeah, and that's it. Depends on on where they move it. If they move it to DeKalb County or something like that, uh, I'm sure Trump would like to move it out to, to Paulding County. <laughs> I bet he would, or to Pike County where I live. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's being moved out of Pike County. We're about a ninety percent Republican county. So AJC does a just an absolute garbage poll. Oh, what a terrible poll this was! So most people know that I'm a big school choice proponent in Georgia. I think we need to pass school choice. This is not. We I think we talked about it last week. It's not an either or. You don't have to have school choice, and I mean you can fund public education, which the Georgia legislature does. And, but you can also get parents a choice on where they want to send their schools. So the poll question this week was, quote, the Georgia legislature is considering legislation that would allow the use of taxpayer funds to pay for private schooling, comma, or private schooling in some circumstances. Do you support or oppose the use of taxpayer money to support students who want a private education? <clears throat> so they went into no details, right, on, on what the proposed legislation does. They just basically said, do you support Taxpayer funds go to pay for private school. Look, 44% strongly disapproved. So this was the results. 44% strongly disapproved. 16% somewhat disapproved. And only, you know, a small percentage approved. But that, you know, if they would have phrased it, do you want parents to have the choice to use their taxpayer dollars to send their child? You know, that, that do you want taxpayer dollars? Do you want parents in failing schools to have the choice to send their children to a private school and use their taxpayer dollars, I think the answers would have been totally different. And that's what the legislation does, right? It says parents or kids in failing schools will have the opportunity to do this. But the way they phrased this poll was just trash. I mean, it's just total trash. Because they started out with the conclusion and worked their way back. Exactly. Yep. 
you know, it's it's the same thing when they when they do splosts. When they when they do ballot initiatives, mm-hmm. they 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 word it in such a way that, you know, do you like sunshine puppies and babies? I know, right. Do you want to build a new pool so everybody can go swimming in your county? Yeah, I mean, it's just and this one was worded. It was just a trash wording. And then the second poll that they did, <clears throat> which, again, elicited the response that AJC wanted, is they said, should Georgia expand eligibility for Medicaid, which provides health care for some poor Georgians to cover all the state's uninsured poor? And 69% said yes on that. What, what they don't tell you again is all the, uh, you know, they don't tell you anything about what's going on. And, you know, the pluses and minuses for expanding Medicaid in Georgia and how much that will cost Georgia and also how much we'll be indebted to the federal government if we do that. So, they again, they leave out all the facts here and just give Georgia a, a headline for them to vote on. Yeah, it's it's completely <clears throat> slanted. The, the, the Al Jazeera Constitution is just, it's just a it's a tra- it's a trash newspaper now. Yep. I mean, and by the way. Any of the good writing comes comes out of the AP anyway. They, they just reprint it. Yeah, and it's like what Georgia should be doing is getting out of making healthcare decisions for Georgians and getting the government out of healthcare and let companies come up with creative healthcare solutions, not embedding healthcare more and more. And I, I was sitting on the couch with my wife the other day listening to it. Uh, so they're investigating. Uh, where do you, where do, military veterans healthcare, right? And they were talking about in Georgia right now, how the VA, they were talking about the long wait times for veterans and how veterans are just having to wait 40, 50, 60 days to get healthcare in Georgia. And it's just routine checks up, checkups. So veterans are having to wait 60 days to get healthcare checkups. And I looked at her and said, well, when, when we continue to expand, you know, Medicaid, when we put more people in government healthcare, it's going to be the same thing. We're just going to have shortages of primary care doctors, again, they're not going to get paid as much. More people are going to leave the field. And it's just going to be, it's, this problem's going to get worse and worse. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. And there will never be equity. No, people, not at people, all. No, people who no. can afford it will have will have concierge doctors. Oh, 100%. That's already popping up all over Georgia. So, yeah, or all over the United States. Yeah, if you've got money, you're going to have private health care. Right. But the, the health care that everybody else has, the middle class and poor people, will get worse and worse. And it's going to be rationing. You're not going to be able to see your primary care doctor. And then you're not going to have quality. I mean, why would you be a quality? Why would you want to go to med school and get into and, and get into this and not be a private concierge doctor? So the best of the best is going to rise up. And again, they'll cover all the rich people and people that have money. And we'll just have less and less uh you know, good healthcare choices for normal middle class and lower people. Uh, they need to do a few things uh, with healthcare. They need, they need to get rid of uh, certificate of need. Oh yes, hundred percent. To allow more hospitals to be built, to allow more competition. Yep. But <clears throat> expanding government healthcare. I mean, ask anybody who's been to the VA. It's it. You, but you know. You, you 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 pick and choose which VA you go to. And <laughs> right. The one in Atlanta uh, is is notoriously bad for service. The one in Chattanooga uh, has has a reputation for being better. I mean, I don't know anything that go- outside of fighting wars. There's not much the government does that makes things more efficient. Yeah. What what do they touch that becomes more efficient? And 
And the problem we've gotten in the General Assembly this time around is 40-day session that they're, they're approaching to the middles. They've got 16, billions of, 16 billion extra dollars. And they, they don't look at that as taxpayer dollars. I, nobody in Georgia is saying, hey, why don't we cut a check to all the taxpayers for five or $10,000? They're doing everything they can to spend every dollar that they can. And when, I mean, it's just it's so frustrating that Republicans at the state level are, are spending this kind of money and they're going to expand Medicaid. The Speaker of the House has already talked about it. Uh, I've, I've just never seen Republicans and people that claim to be conservatives for limited government spend money the way they are. It's, it's, and it's just nobody cares. Well, conservatism doesn't exist anymore. True, true conservatism is financially conservative. Uh, true conservatism is trying to remove government as an issue in your life. Yes, and we're just getting government more and more. And look, I know why Governor Kemp's doing all this stuff. Like he's he's giving out money like it's growing on trees, and for him it is. He's got sixteen billion extra dollars. So what's he do? You know, another raise for teachers, another raise for state employees. We're going to expand Medicaid. We're going to do all this stuff. So when he runs for Senate in two years, he can say, hey, look, Georgia, I did all this stuff for you. But at the end of the day, the people benefiting are, the, are, are our state employees. You're not benefiting, Dave. I mean, I put it on somebody's Facebook page the other day that every time they lower the income tax rate in Georgia by 0.1% and save us you know, $57 a year, they, they do a damn lap around the state capital, right, patting themselves on the back. Uh, but then they're just throwing out thousands and or not thousands, millions and billions of dollars on all these, you know, like slush fund campaign issues that they've got. It's it's so frustrating that they've gone this far left. Uh, and Democrats are sitting up there just eating popcorn, right? Watching all of it there. I mean, they love it. I mean, Democrats absolutely love what's going on in Georgia right now. Right. Because Republicans are going to eat themselves from the inside out. Yep. So this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions, not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which may we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over at thegeorgiavirtue.com. It's meal time. <laughs> yeah, this one this one's kind of funny. It's not an individual person, but this story's come up multiple times lately in the news, and it's people that ask for other people to change seats on airplanes. So if you have ever flown and you've asked somebody else to uh, change seats for some reason, you're a mule this week. Now, I have changed seats, but that's when the airplane was empty and I could go get a whole row to myself. Yep, exactly. And and nobody nobody has a problem with that. But what what these stores are is is, is they're not getting comparable seats. They're if you know if if you if you're an aisle person, which I am. Uh, I, I prefer to I prefer to sit on the aisle because because you know it gives me a couple extra inches of of foot room. Plus, I don't have to ask anybody to move when I when I go to the bathroom. As the show ask you to take take the window seat, no. Or and the, the story that you and I were talking about earlier that was on uh, on Fox Five was somebody who was in an exit row, which you have extra leg room. Exit row. Ask 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 this person to change seats with his pregnant wife. So she'd have extra rooms. No, right. I, I, I paid for the seat. <laughs> Why don't you change seats with her? Right. So, 
And and it's the consensus is it is not rude to say no. It's it's it's, it's not it's not being an a hole. It's like no, I, I, I no, not at all. I I sat on the Delta website and picked out my seat. Yeah, I'm not giving up my aisle seat. I may switch aisle seats if somebody's very nice if they want me to move somewhere. Probably not moving back, but I'm not moving from an aisle to a window or a middle seat. I don't think for anybody. <laughs> well, I did take the middle seat so my wife could have the aisle going uh, going over to Athens, but never again. And I, I didn't book the I didn't book the uh, uh, middle seat. Delta merged two flights and and just kind of dumped us uh, dumped us in the in the middle instead of the, instead of the two seat side of the airplane. But anyway. Uh, we're missing two Navy SEALs off the coast of Somalia. I know. I haven't heard much about this on the news. I just, I mean, it's been on a couple uh, couple news outlets, but not a lot of talk. So they went missing SC on January 11th. I was reading about this story. So that the Navy SEAL, they say this is one of the most dangerous things that the Navy SEALs can do. Uh, and it's it's basically where they have to pull up alongside the ship that they're trying to board, and they're usually a much smaller, you know, boat or craft. They have to hook a small cable ladder to the other ship, and then you have to climb it. Uh, so they were doing this, and uh, where was it? They were doing this for a ship bound for Yemen, which is over in the area we were just talking about a few minutes ago. And it sounds like one of the sail members fell trying to do this, and then they have protocol where if one sail member falls in. The other cell member goes in after him and tries to tries to rescue him. So, a terrible situation. These guys have been missing since January 11th. I can't imagine at this point they're going to be found alive. But very very sad situation over in the over in the Middle East. Well, you have to also consider all the gear they have on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. These guys are loaded down with gear. Now, uh, night night vision, uh, uh, body armor. Uh, with with the with the plates in them, yep. <clears throat> and hey, look, these the, if 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 anybody has a chance of falling off a ship and living, it's going to be a seal. Yep. But you know, as as the show drops on the on the on the twenty second, I mean, that'll be eleven days. So, I know. I hope they find them. Um, you know, they said the water was real choppy and really rough uh, during this time. They were trying to intercept this other ship. <sighs> Uh, it's just really sad that these two guys uh, fell in and potentially have been found. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a sad story. That's that's the problem with with getting ourselves into a shooting war. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And, they, and I believe they did find weapons on on, on yeah, the yeah they found yeah they found weapons on the ship, and then they yeah they blew the ship up afterwards. So after they, I think they ended up getting on the ship, and then they uh, they sunk the ship after that with the weapons. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a dangerous profession. It's mm-hmm. a, a very dangerous profession, and, and there's a reason that buds is so tough. I know, and th- yeah, that's that's just a fact. I mean, that's that's they they purposely make it tough. They purposely make it suck as much as possible. Yep, and, and I'm sure that I'm sure this operation was during the middle of the night. So can you imagine falling into water, cold water, waves? Loaded down with gear in the middle of the night. I, I just can't imagine. But they've trained. I mean, I'm sure they've done that a hundred times, right? In same type situation. I'm sure they train. Well, when you fall into water, this is what happens. But I don't know what happened to these guys. 
very easy to lo- lose somebody in ink, uh, black ink type water. Yep. Because yep. Because it's uh, the the first of all, the bulk water in the, uh, in the middle of the night usually is is beautiful, but uh, you get you've got I'd let's say five foot chop, mm-hmm. which is big. Yeah, we consider that only a foot of you sticks out of the water, or two feet of you sticks out of the water when you're when you're swimming, and mm-hmm. that's that's without having all the gear on you. And because because of the nature of their their stuff, they don't have reflective stuff. They do they do do have a uh, IR uh, beacon that I guess is activated when when they hit the water. Yeah, but I don't the, know. But, but don't the, know what happened to that. But the other team, the rest of the team, had to continue on with the mission. Yep. They couldn't. They can't just. They couldn't stop everything right there and 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 start looking. Mm. And you got to think that everything everything in the water is moving all the time. Yep. Sad. Sad story. All right, another weird one here. Don't <laughs> stand around in Las Vegas. I thought this was a joke when I saw this. It's kind of a comical story to end on today, but. Yeah, so Las Vegas has made it a crime now to stand and pose on the sidewalk or to basically stop on the sidewalk or areas of the strip to take pictures. Uh, So this extends 20 feet surrounding connected stairs, elevators, escalators, and sidewalks in Vegas. Uh, You may ask, what's the punishment? Up to six months in jail or a fine of $1,000. And like I've been out in Vegas all the time. There's people everywhere taking pictures out there. You know, you get in front of the Bellagio or Caesar's Palace or any of the big casinos. People congregate and take pictures everywhere. And Vegas has now made that a crime to stop. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's go, going after the, the picture takers or it's going after the barkers. I think it's going after them more likely because, you know, you, you know, they're always giving out cards or, or trying to sell drugs or whatnot. So maybe it's probably not going after the tourists. They probably had to put this in place to go after the other people. But yeah, I thought this was an interesting story that now is a crime just to stand on the sidewalk in Vegas. On a public sidewalk. On a public sidewalk. Yeah, not a private sidewalk, a public sidewalk. I mean, look, <laughs> I haven't been to Vegas in a long time. Um, but yeah, if you want to take a picture of the of the, of the fountains or, or whatever, but I don't... I don't know where the private property starts and, and where where you can take the pictures, but it didn't say p- private or public; it said stairwell. Yeah, it just said yeah, stairwells and stuff. Yep. And it specifically says it does not apply to pe- apply to people who are waiting to go up and down the stairs or up and down an escalator or get on an elevator. Right. I I, I didn't even know that that they had the the ability to do to do this. That a, that a city government can, can <laughs> I didn't pass a law like that. Yeah, I wonder if this is going to hold up in court if somebody actually takes it uh, takes it that way. I can't imagine you can just give somebody a ticket for standing there for a few minutes. Yeah, especially if you're if you're taking a picture. I mean, the the whole world is is selfie is selfie driven. So, I mean, if you're standing in front of the, of the fountains at the Bellagio, yeah, you're going to turn around and you get people people get selfies. Yep. And I know it's annoying if you're trying to move around, but it, you know, it could be targeting the barkers, targeted at, at homeless people to to keep keep them off the strip. 
Well, I usually go to Vegas for March Madness every year, the basketball tournament the opening weekend. So if I go out there this year, I'll have to let you know uh, how yeah. that works out if I stand around. You're going gonna to spend $1,000 to just find out if you get fined? <laughs> or six months in jail, right? Yeah. I guess I, uh, I, I think I'd rather take the fine than six months in jail in Las Vegas. But yeah, I, I don't think I'll get a ticket, hopefully. No, because I don't. I don't think. I don't think you're the you're the target. <laughs> now, now you may see signs that say, you know, uh, pursuant to code section, whatever, uh, it is illegal to 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 stop within twenty feet of of, of of an egress or something like that. Yep. But hell, some some of the tables are are within twenty feet of an elevator. They, they, no, they, I know they, they are. They cram as many tables as they can in in, in limited amount of space they have. It's just local government doing local government stuff. You know, we got we got to fix all the ills of the world. Yep. And government's the only is, is the uh, is is the only solution. Oh, I know. Got to have government come to a solution for standing around. Yeah, for for people getting in your way. And, and I, look, I I've heard it's a it's a huge pain to to move up and down the sidewalk with the with the barkers and and the gawkers and and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't take anything people hand me. Oh, I don't either. You never, yeah. I mean, you never know what's on it. Eh, it's not that. Just get away from me. <laughs> nice. I'm thinking about germs, and you're well. My wife's been had the flu for the last week, so I guess I'm my uh, my mind's on germs at the moment. That's where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kay, do you have any closing thoughts? Oh man, I, like I said, my wife had the flu for a, almost felt like a week, and uh, luckily, no one else in the house got it. I don't know how that happens. But thank goodness she is well at this point. I know a lot of people right now have had the flu bees. So if you have the flu, uh, I wish you the best. It is not fun this year. This is a tough little strain of it. Yeah, it. Uh, I had flu bee in I think it was December, and I was I was down for 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 a week, but it kicked Connie's butt. I mean, it, yeah, that's brutal. She she was she was sick for for a while. And even now, the 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 cough is just just now getting better because the cough just hangs on forever. Yep, it does. Yeah, and it's, and it's that is that dry cough. I <laughs> know there's nothing there. It's just like you're continually coughing. Yeah, I mean, now when I first got the flu, I was hawking up uh, some oysters, and thankfully, my wife uh, 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 made me go to the doctor. Made us go to the doctor. But you know how hard it is to find Tamiflu right now? I had to call four different pharmacies to get the Tamiflu. <laughs> I don't really have any closing thoughts. Other, uh, I kind of left it all out on the field. Uh, other than I, I'm, I'm not hopeful, but, I, but I'm praying the Falcons pick a, a decent head coach. Oh, I do not I, want Belichick either. I don't know about you, but... Nah, I, nah, I, I just his days passed. I know. I agree. I I want somebody young, and I guess I'm an ageist at this point. But I want a younger guy that can take the helm and be there for quite a while. And and look, you gotta get a quarterback, or nothing's gonna matter. Yeah, exactly. So for Eric Cumby, our editor, or Ken Pollard, my partners in Endeavor, I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week.
catch me howling at the moon.